Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you. Everybody, we got a song for the church choir. <laughs> Singing about somebody that we call that man Jesus. Come on, clap your hands, everybody. Come on. <laughs> this one for the church choir. Come on, I search. Come on, all over. Come on, trying to find. Someone, but in my search, I was faced with reality. Come on, that no one, come on, could ever match. Come on, quiet, no one can do. No one has shown a greater love. Come on, everybody, there is. Come on, no one. We're singing about that blessed Savior. Come on, what's his name, y'all? Listen, uh, Gideon and uh, the angel of the Lord begin to have a conversation. The angel of the Lord begins to say to him that I'm going to use you to deliver the children of Israel. And just as God delivered uh, the children of Israel from Egypt, he can do it through you and he can do it again. And uh, uh, Gideon responds in his conversation with God, don't you realize who I am? I am uh, of the weakest clan of Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. He says, I am the weakest of the weakest of the weakest. Somebody missed it right there. I am of uh, the weakest clan of the weakest tribe and I'm the weakest of my own weak family. But God says, I need you not to focus on your own inability. I need you to focus on my ability and my power. Because as he closes those verses, the Lord says to him, surely I will be with you 
and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. The Lord says, I want you to stop looking in the mirror at your own inability, at your own handicap, at your own lack of power. I want you to look at the one who has all power in his hand. He says, and I want you to understand this one thing, that if you have enough courage to stand up on my behalf, listen, you'll be victoriously because I will be with you. He says, the one thing I can promise you is that it may look rough, but it may look as if you cannot be victorious, but I promised you that I'm going to be on your side. And family of God, I've just come to realize uh, that me and God is a majority. I don't care how powerful my enemy may seem. If the Lord is on my side, I shall stand with confidence because everything is going to be all right. Because I need you to tell you, need you to, to tell you on today uh, that no weapon formed against the child of God shall prosper. I don't care how powerful my enemy might seem when I look at the power of God. God, I know that I shall stand victoriously. He says to Gideon, stop looking at yourself. Because if you continue looking at yourself, you won't have any courage at all. He says, but I want to tell you, I am standing with you. I'm giving you the promise of my presence. And if I give you the promise of my presence, you can depend on my power. And somebody here today needs to know, you need to know as you face your enemies, if it were up to you, you should lose. Somebody missed that on the day. If it were up to you and your qualifications and your exposure and your experience, you should lose. But the good news is, as long as I'm walking with the Lord, as long as he's standing on my side, listen, even when I seem like the underdog, I can step in the ring with confidence because I have somebody in my corner who can take care of my light work. Can I get a witness?
Once again, we welcome you to the sanctuary of the Salem Church in the wonderful city of Omaha as you gather with us in uh, the virtual sanctuary of the, Sa uh, the Salem Church, wherever you might be at this moment, where we realize that sanctuary is where the saint is because the Lord is with you wherever you might be at this very moment in time. We welcome you and we are grateful that you joined us in worship on today. 
Let's invoke and invite the presence of the Lord at this moment in time. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we are grateful that you've been with us, that you've brought us once again to this moment in worship. We pray now, God, that you would be present with us as you always are. Allow us to feel uh, your presence and the movement of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, minds, and our spirits. Bless us now as we engage in this worship experience, as we feel you, as we know your presence, as we adore you, as we lift you up for you and you alone are worthy of our worship and our praise. Come now, Lord Jesus. Come now, Lord Jesus. Come now, Lord Jesus. And we ask these prayers now as we move forward in worship. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to ask our music and fine arts ministry to lead us further in worship at this time.
We've come to the moment in our worship experience here in the sanctuary of the Salem Church and wherever you might be at this moment in time that we can go to the Lord collectively in prayer. We want to remember those who are on our prayer list. Sister Betty Jo Hill, Sister Annette Sayers, Brother Arthur Johnson, Brother Crandon Thompson, Lois Allen, Sister Mary Armour, Sister Evelyn Bernard, Sister Carol Bowden, Sister Eileen Brooks, Sister Mercedes Bullard, Sister Acra Cooper, Sister Carla Dixon, Sister Emma Jean Finch, Sister Anya Francisco, Sister Asha Francisco, Sister Beverly Frazier, Sister Phyllis Hicks in Las Vegas, Nevada, Sister Bertha Jackson, the Sister Bremen Adams in Houston, Texas, Sister Michelle Jemerson, Sister Monica Mudd in San Sanford, Florida, the daughter-in-law of Sister Mary Mudd, Sister Donna Reed, Sister Sharon Reed, Sister Sharon Cheryl Thornton, Sister Sandra Turnbow, Chaplain Crystal Williams, Reverend James Allen in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Brother James Brooks, Brother Neil Devers, Brother Brandon Jemison, Brother Frank Stewart Sr., Brother Ville Williams. We want to remember those families that are grieving, that are bereaved at this moment in time. The family of Reverend Dr. Peter Evande, Brother Aaron Daly and the loss of his mother, Katie Daly, Brother Kevin Kelly and the loss of his mother, Lady Maggie, Maggie Lois Martin Kelly, Michelle Torrance and the loss of her sister, Emma Walker, Sister Walitha Lewis went home to be with the Lord. We want to remember that family in our prayers. And uh, Sister Terry Jackson Miller and the loss of her cousin, Janice Collins Brooks. There is power in prayer, and we will go to the Lord in prayer at this moment in time. Heavenly Father, we come before you this day giving thanks, first of all, for your love, kindness, and for your grace, and for your mercy. We honor you, Heavenly Father. We give you honor, glory, and praise today, for there is none like you. Heavenly Father, we come, first of all, asking that in the name of Jesus, that you would look upon uh, our national, state, and local leaders in this country today, and we offer prayers that you would give them wisdom, courage, and understanding, dear God, that they will make decisions based on the truth of your holy word. And Lord, we are living in difficult days, and Heavenly Father, we just ask, Father, that in the name of Jesus, that you would bless this country and give us the wisdom and the courage to do the things that we need to do 
to make this a better place to live. Heavenly Father, we also ask that you would look upon those names that have been read. Heavenly Father, that you would bless the sick and shut in, those, dear God, that are on the beds of affliction. Lord, we ask that you would watch upon them and give them the healing power that we know that you have. Father, we ask that you would look upon those that are bereaved right now, those names that have been called. We ask that you would bless those families. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would look upon them and give them the comforting presence of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we just thank you for all your many blessings that you bestowed upon us. And the congregation of Salem Baptist Church, Father, we ask that you would bless every member of this church, wherever they are, where they are uh, virtually uh, listening to the services of this, this church. We ask that you would bless them, bless their homes, and bless their children. Wrap your loving arms around them. Every church that's open in your name, dear God, we ask that you would bless it. Bless the pastors of these churches that they will continue to preach your word. And Father, lastly, I ask that you would put your special blessing upon our pastor and his family right now. We ask that you would wrap your arms around him and around them and just keep them in perfect peace. Lord, as we travel through these difficult days, give him the wisdom and the courage and the knowledge that he needs uh, to continue to preach the word of God in truth and in power. We thank you for him and we glorify your holy name. Father, we ask these and many other blessings in your darling son Jesus' name, amen. We know that there is power in prayer, and prayer not only changes things, prayer changes the prayer. We continue to lift those who are on our prayer list. We are grateful that on last Saturday, November 14th, we had a wonderful time uh, with Omaha Economic Development Corporation and Hy-Vee, our community partners. We were able to bless families throughout our community. And uh, we are grateful that on uh, Saturday, December 12th, beginning at 10 a.m., uh, with Thriving Financial Services and once again Hy-Vee Foods, we're going to be able uh, to bless families in our community. We're asking that there would be 200 pastors partners uh, that would sacrificially give $25 so that we can uh, put together those Christmas foods back, uh, baskets, boxes for our uh, community. Uh, and we're going to give those out on Saturday, December 12th, beginning at 10 a.m. Uh, listen, many of us are in positions that we are blessed. We know where our Christmas Food is coming from, but there are those who are unsure, and what a blessing it is that the Lord has positioned us uh, to know without a shadow of doubt where our blessings will come from, and so we're positioned to be a blessing, so we're asking uh, for 200 pastors, partners to give $25 uh, to help us in that. As well, we want to remind you that on Thursday, December 3rd, beginning at 630 We'll be having our virtual um, candlelight memorial service. We normally do it in the sanctuary. But we'll be doing it virtually, remembering those who have gone on to be with the Lord in the last year or so. Uh, so join us. Again, that's on Thursday, December 3rd, uh, beginning Thursday, December 3rd, beginning at 6.30 p.m. We remind you that each Sunday at 1.30 p.m., our Word for Your Walk uh, 
broadcast is on the CW Network, 1.30 p.m. each Sunday on uh, the CW Network, our Word for Your Walk broadcast that shares our worship experience and the Word of God, not only with members of Salem, uh, but with members of our community so that they can share and be enriched by the Word of God and this worship experience. So join us if you can again on the CW Network at 1.30 p.m. each and every week. <clears throat> we thank you, Salem, for your continued support, your encouragement, your prayers. We pray that you would continue to be safe, uh, continue to follow the uh, outlines uh, that uh, the CDC and our uh, county uh, health centers have given you. Wash your hands, uh, wear your mask, social distance as much as possible. Uh, we're coming up on uh, these holiday seasons and we're asking you to be as careful as possible. We know that our state has allowed us to do some things more than other states, but the truth is just because we are allowed to do them does not necessarily mean we should do them. So we need to make wise decisions uh, each and every day as we face this uh, pandemic. So please, please be safe as possible. Again, wash your hands as often as possible. Wear your mask and uh, social distance as much as possible. We thank you for your continued understanding and support. The numbers are still rising in our county, in our state, all across the country. So we are taking our time to be cautious uh, as we plan our reopening and our return to in-person worship. I remind you each and every time I stand before you that things will be different. We're facing a new normal. And so we're going to ask for your cooperation, for your assistance uh, as we plan for reopening worship in the weeks and months to come. We know, Salem, that you are going to cooperate with us. We thank you for your continued support, your stewardship, your faithfulness in your giving. We continue to remind you there are various platforms for you to give. We thank you for the members of the Salem Church and your faithfulness and those who become our ministry partners uh, who are not formally or technically members of our congregation but support the ongoing ministry of our uh, church and our ministry. Uh, you have become a part of us, and we're grateful for you. We invite you to continue in your giving. You can mail your tithe and offering here to the church at 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. From 9 to 5, on Monday through Friday, you can bring your tithe and offering here. And just outside the administrative office, there's a secure tithe and offering uh, box for you to give your tithe and offering. Of course, this Thursday and Friday, because of uh, Thanksgiving holiday, uh, it will not, the office will not be open. Uh, but any other time, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, you can bring your tithe and offering. You can give through our website, SalemBC.org, uh, through PayPal, through Venmo, through the Cash App, and through Givelify. We want to make sure that you have every opportunity uh, 
to receive your blessings by being a blessing. The Lord will honor your sacrifice. He will honor your faithfulness. He says in the book of Malachi that if you trust me with the tithe, I will then open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings you won't have room to receive. And I know there are some witnesses who are watching and listening right now who can testify of the truth that God will do exactly what he said he will do. And so we thank you in advance for your continued sacrifice, your continued stewardship, and your continued faithfulness in giving in support of the ministry of the Salem Baptist Church of Omaha, Nebraska. We're going to ask that our music and fine arts ministry would come at this time and lead us further in worship as we move toward the Word of God. We love Jesus with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our minds. And we're not ashamed to express our love for Jesus. Can somebody say, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Our hearts cry. Our hearts cry. We magnify. We magnify. In this, your holy temple, Lord. In this, your holy temple. In this, your holy place. In this, your holy place. Come on, Salem, say, and we will rise. And we will rise. Desire. It's a song unto the Lord today. Oh, how we worship. Oh, how we worship. Come on, let's talk to him. Oh, Lord. Everybody say, oh Lord. oh, Lord. 
us say it together. And oh, how we worship oh, how you. We worship. Come on, everybody say, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord.
that you return in your Bibles, on your tablets, your devices, to my favorite book in the book of books, the collection of the Psalms, a very familiar psalm, Psalm 100, and the Word of God reads, make a joyful shout to the Lord all ye lands serve the Lord with gladness come before his presence with singing know that the Lord he is God because he was made us and not we ourselves we are his people and the sheep of his pasture enter into his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. You ought to say it at home. For the Lord is good. The Lord is good. For 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 the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. For the Lord is good. For somebody at home ought to help me say it. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Lord's word truly is blessed. 
We'll talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, a psalm of thanksgiving. A psalm of thanksgiving. On Thursday, many of us will gather with friends, families, and loved ones on a smaller degree this year and celebrate one of our beloved national holidays. We will celebrate Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving has a very unique place in the life and history of the United States. The earliest instance of a designated moment of reflection and thanksgiving in what we now call the United States was in 1621. The early settlers that we call pilgrims had arrived about a year earlier to experience religious freedoms and establish a land where a king could not dictate their practice of religion. Not being familiar with the climate, terrain, the diseases of this new land, they suffered great loss of life. Around one half of the little over 100 settlers died in that first year. And yet in December of 1621, they set aside three days to praise the Lord with the spirit of thanksgiving for a bountiful harvest from the Lord. Years later, in 1789, President George Washington proclaimed November 26th as a national day of thanksgiving unto the Lord. He did this after years of war as the colonies fought to gain their independence from England. And as a result of gaining their independence, President Washington set aside that day as a day of thanksgiving. On another historic occasion, in the midst of a war in a divided United States, where brother was fighting against brother, Confederacy against the Union, President Abraham Lincoln, in spite of the harsh realities of the Civil War, revived the, the tradition of a national day of thanksgiving to the Lord. Finally, in the 1941 Congress, they decreed that the fourth Thursday of each November would be celebrated and remembered as a national day of thanksgiving to the Lord. In the midst of division on various occasions, our country stopped to give thanksgiving to the Lord. Does that sound familiar to us on today? In the midst of a divided nation, on this Thursday, we will stop to say thank you. And we'll stop on Thursday for a moment of thanksgiving when many of us will have the comfort of homes and abundance of food. We'll thank the Lord when those who came before us gave thanks in the midst of loss, and famine, and war, and confusion. <clears throat> and again, it sounds very familiar in 2000, 
20. And I know we're all going to recognize that it was the Lord who has blessed us mightily, and kept us, and covered us, and that he is <clears throat> the Lord that is our all and all. And I know that everyone today knows that this, again, this coming Thursday is a national day of Thanksgiving, but for the believer in Jesus Christ, every day is day of Thanksgiving. Every day that the Lord allows us to get up in the morning is a day of Thanksgiving. Every day that the Lord grants us brand new mercies is a day of Thanksgiving. Every day that the Lord allows us the privilege to communicate with him in prayer is a day of Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Every day that he pushes in one breath in our lungs and allows another to come out is a day of thanksgiving. <clears throat> That's why the saints of old would sing, every day is a day of thanksgiving. God's been so good to me. Every day he's blessing me. Every day is a day of thanksgiving. Take the time to glorify the Lord today. And here in this text, as we share from Psalm 100, we see a psalm of thanksgiving. It's almost a command to thank the Lord. It's almost a demand, a direct order to be thankful. And so we see in this psalm of thanksgiving, first of all, uh, thanksgiving acknowledgement, thanksgiving acknowledgement. The psalmist really wants us to acknowledge and recognize some things we should be thankful for. Child of God, when you acknowledge and recognize the nature of the relationship we have with the Lord, it should cause you to be thankful. You see, thinking, as the old saints would say, generally precedes thanking. Thinking generally precedes thinking. You see, when I think about what the Lord has done, it causes me to be thankful for what the Lord has done. So when you begin to acknowledge the relationship we have with the Lord and begin to think of what that means for us as believers in Jesus Christ, it should lead us to being thankful. We should thankfully acknowledge our creator-creation relationship. It says in verse 3 of Psalm 100, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves. Oh, we must remember that it was the Lord that created us. This psalm was used in temple worship in Jerusalem and as a result had particular seriousness and significance to the Jewish people. So when they spoke of this creator-creation relationship, although it was universal, it was also uniquely significant to Israel. 
You see, their nationhood was extremely important to them. And so they referred to the nation that the Lord created of the 12 tribes that were delivered from Egyptian slavery. And the significance was not only that the nation was created, but how it was created. It was created by the Lord on behalf of this relatively small group of insignificant people at the expense at the time of the world's largest superpower. And so when they would sing this song in worship, they were repeating the fact that a big God saved, sustained, and established a small people in their own land and that big God did it in the face of the biggest, baddest nation on the planet. And that should speak to us today because if he did it for the children of Israel, he can do it for us. There is nothing too big for the Lord to bring us through. Oh, yes, there's nothing that the Lord cannot give you victory over. There's nothing that the Lord cannot do. If he did it for the children of Israel, he can do it for each and every one of us. He is the creator. It is the Lord who made us. And you must remember, when it says that he is the one who made us here in Psalm 100, verse 3, we must remember that creative moment in the book of Genesis where <clears throat> he molded the clay of the earth, formed us in our fashion and breathed into us the breath of life and allowed the very imago dei, the image of God to be placed within us. And so he is our creator and we are his creation. So we need to acknowledge that. But not only the creator-creation relationship, we need to acknowledge the redeemer-redeemed relationship. Look again in verse 3. Know that the Lord, he is God. It's he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. It's a redeemer, redeemed relationship. The text says in verse 3, we are his people, which means we belong to him. We are the precious possession of the Lord. We are uniquely the property of the Lord. We belong to him because he is our God and we are his people. I love the New Testament imagery of the Redeemer and the redeemed. The Redeemer is one that purchases property that has belonged to another. And you do know that we were sold under sin. We were destined for hell. And the Lord Jesus purchased us. He redeemed us. He initiated that divine trans transaction <coughs> that freed us. Oh, listen to the imagery of what happened through Jesus Christ for each of us. There are three words used in the New Testament for redeem. In Revelations 5 
9 that says we are redeemed. This word literally means to buy in the marketplace. It has reference to purchasing a slave right off the auction block. And that's what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross. He paid the full price that we may go free from the penalty of sin. Redemption through the blood of Jesus is a reason to be thankful. Galatians 5.9 talks about us being redeemed. And this word there in Galatians 5.9 means to take off the market. In other words, Jesus paid the price for us and we are no longer up for sale. He bought us and he intends to keep us. And the fact that we are his and his forever is a good reason to be thankful. And then in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, the word redeemed there means to release after the payment of purchase. It pictures one who buys a slave and then turns that slave loose. This is what Jesus did for us. He bought us off the slave block of sin. And after he redeemed us, he removed us from the cell and then set us free, uh, uh, fr not to free to go sin, but free to go and serve the Lord our God. Being redeemed from sin to service is a good reason to say thank you. So we're thankful because we acknowledge the creator-creation relationship. and We acknowledge the, redeem, the redeemer and redeemed relationship. But also we acknowledge the shepherd-sheep relationship. It's right there. Verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Understand, child of God, that there's a shepherd-sheep relationship. And there are some characteristics that go along with the shepherd in our lives. First of all, the characteristic of his presence, which means that he is always with us. No matter what you're going through, the shepherd is always right there with you. And every now and then, he'll let you know that he's with you because Psalm 23 says his rod and his staff comforts you. But not only his presence, but the shepherd will always have a relationship of provision. And I'm going to talk about Psalm 23 for just a moment, but it says he'll lead me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sakes. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, which means he makes provision for everything I need to be sustained. Not only his presence and his provision, but uh, that sheep-shepherd relationship also accounts for the fact that he uh, provides protection. 
You see, one of the great characteristics of the great shepherd is that he's looking out for those that would uh, seek the shepherd as prey. And he not only uses uh, that, uh, uh, that rod to guide me and to direct me, but there are times that he uses the rod uh, to uh, keep me from that which would prey upon me. Oh, thank God today in this Thanksgiving season, Mm, that we have that uh, shepherd-sheep relationship. Psalm 23 says it this way, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of of the Lord forever. And so we ought to have a thanksgiving of acknowledgement, acknowledging the creator-creation relationship, the redeemer-redeemed relationship, and the shepherd-and-sheep relationship. But then we uh, not only look at thanksgiving acknowledgement, but we look at thanksgiving actions. You see, when we've understood the thanksgiving acknowledgements of our relationship with the Lord, the psalmist commands some thanksgiving actions. If you're sitting on the couch with somebody right now or sitting at your dining room table, look at your neighbor and say there ought to be some thanksgiving actions. There ought to be some thanksgiving actions. Now look at the text again, beginning at verse 1. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Listen, the text says there are some actions that go along with your acknowledgments. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. You see, when you know something, you ought to do something. I hear you shouting out in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. When you know something, you ought to do something. When you acknowledge your relationship with the Lord, it ought to cause you to serve him, and not only serve him, but serve him with gladness. You see, when you acknowledge who the Lord is in your life, 
No one should have to push you to serve him. You, you ought to serve him with gladness. You ought to serve him with a sense of motivation because of what he's already done for you. You shouldn't serve him because of what he might do for you. You ought to serve him because of what he's already done for you. So there's some actions. You ought to serve him with gladness. But then the text says, and the psalmist says, you ought to sing. This should be one of your actions. Now, the psalmist is not declaring that we're to sing a funeral dirge or a solemn song of sorrow. He's declaring that we must sing psalms, songs of praise and thanksgiving. It can be interpreted, come before his presence with joyful singing. Now, once again, this singing is in response to the relationship we have with the Lord. And the Psalms advocate on numerous occasions that singing a joyful song is an appropriate response to the goodness of the Lord. Over and over and over again, the Psalms direct us and guide us to sing a joyful song to the Lord. Psalm 9, 2 says, I'll be glad <clears throat> and rejoice in you. I'll sing praise to your name, O Most High. Psalm 13, 16 says, I'll sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Psalm 21, 13 says, be exalted, O Lord, in your own strength. We will sing praise, uh, sing and praise your power. Psalm 27, 6 says, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I'll sing praises to the Lord. Psalm 47, 6 says, sing praise to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. Psalm 30 verse 4 says, sing praises to the Lord, you saints of ears, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. Psalm 30 verse 12 says, to the end that my glory may sing praises to you and not be silent. Oh Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Psalm 59, 16 and 17 says, but I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning for you have been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. To you oh my strength, I will sing praises for God is my defense, my God of mercy. Psalm 66 2 says, sing out the honor of his name. Make praise glorious. Psalm 71 22, 22 and 23 says, also with the lute I will praise you and and your faithfulness, oh my God, to you I will sing with the heart. Oh, holy one of Israel, my lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing to you and my soul which you have redeemed. Psalm 105, 2 says, sing to him, sing songs to, songs to him, talk of all his wondrous works. Listen, and when you know how good the Lord has been to you, you don't mind singing unto the Lord. You ought to lift your voice. It's an action of thanksgiving. You ought to sing praise and thanksgiving 
to his name. But not only is that action of singing, but the text says to us, after we've acknowledged our relationship with him and been thankful for our relationship with him, one of these thankful actions is to shout. Yeah? We ought to serve. We ought to sing. But the text says, we ought to shout. Now, I know there's some folk who say it don't take all of that. But the text says, the word of God says, an action of thanksgiving is to shout. Mm-hmm. I know some folk who are watching say, don't take all of that shouting. Don't take all that noise. But the text says, we ought to shout. Now, I have to admit, and I've shared this with you before, <clears throat> that we are a nation of foolers and fakers. And I'm not getting mad at you. But we are a nation of foolers <laughs> and, and, and fakers. Mm -hmm. Auto-tune makes us a nation of foolers and fakers. Because what comes out of our mouths is not necessarily what comes out of the speakers. Because we are a nation of foolers and fakers. Uh, red bottoms make us a nation of foolers and fakers. Because some folks put on six inch stilettos and make themselves look a whole bunch taller than they are. The church got quiet even in the virtual sanctuary because we are a nation of foolers and fakers. We're a nation of foolers and fakers. We drive nice cars <clears throat> and don't have anywhere to live. Because we are a nation of foolers and fakers. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I know you see all the gray hair in my beard, and uh, someone asked me why I don't color it, because we are a nation of foolers and fakers. And I earned every one of these gray hair. We are a nation of foolers and fakers. <clears throat> and there are times that we do the same things with our thanksgiving and our worship and praise. We are foolers and fakers because understand the text says make a joyful shout to the Lord. And yet we are foolers and fakers because Listen, we go to the football game and 
We shout at the football game, but when it comes to worship, we're quiet and sedate and serene and calm because we say it doesn't take all of that and you're trying to fool us and fake us. But uh, listen, understand what you're doing at the football game and the basketball game and the pep rally. That's the same thing we need to do when it comes to the Lord. The Bible says make a joyful shout to the Lord. Now you may not shout uh, when I want you to shout but every now and then you ought to shout. When you think about what the Lord has done for you, that he created you, that he protected you, that he provides for you every now and then we need to do what the psalmist says. We need to make a joyful shout. Talking about these Thanksgiving actions. But then the text says we ought to enter his gates with thanksgiving. Now, it's difficult for us to understand how much this applies to those who worship in the temple in the time of the text because <clears throat> he was talking about the gates of the temple in Jerusalem and they had traveled for days and some for weeks to get into uh, the house of worship. They had traversed mountains and ventured through valleys and many of them had faced the dangers of traveling roads that were swarming and overrun with robbers and thieves laying in wait to do them harm. And after all of that travel, traveling of, after all of that that they made it uh, to the temple without hurt and harm in danger. Listen, when they entered into the temple, they were thankful. And saying of God, I want to say to you, uh, listen, your action of thanksgiving ought to be able to enter into a time of worship with thanksgiving. Oh, yes. Listen, you're watching or listening right now and you ought to have a spirit of thanksgiving I know you didn't come into the doors of the sanctuary of the Salem church but I said earlier sanctuary is where the saint is and so you ought to enter in with thanksgiving the Lord let you see another day of worship you ought to have a spirit of thanksgiving uh, you, listen, you are approaching another Thanksgiving season. You ought to have a spirit of Thanksgiving. You have a roof over your head. You ought to enter in with Thanksgiving. You have clothes on your back. You ought to enter in with Thanksgiving. Ah, uh, listen, you have transportation in the driveway or the garage. You ought to enter in with thanksgiving. Uh, listen, the Lord has been good to you. You ought to enter in with thanksgiving. Oh, yes, and it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. 
Oh, I'm done, y'all, but somebody ought to have a spirit of thanksgiving. You ought to enter into his courts, into his gates with thanksgiving. And you ought to enter his courts with praise. Yes, you ought to be thankful to him. And you need to bless his name. For the Lord is good. And his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Uh -huh, I know, I know, I know that this coming Thursday uh -huh, is officially Thanksgiving Day. Uh -huh, but you don't, you don't need uh, to wait till Thursday uh, to tell him thank you. Do I have a witness? Uh, you need uh, to sing to his name. You need uh, to praise his name. You need, you need uh, to bless his name and be thankful to the Lord on today. Oh, yes. you this Sunday morning, uh, but I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't wait uh, until this Thursday morning. Uh, I'll tell him thank you right now. Is there anybody listening? Is there anybody watching? who will gather with me and tell the world I won't wait until Thanksgiving Day when I think about all the Lord has done. I'll tell him thank you. I'll tell him thank you. I'll tell him thank you. Tell him thank you right now. Is there anybody who will join me right now and tell him thank you? Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Tell him thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah.
I'm trying to live it alone But when I think of what he's already done When I think of what he's going to do I just can't help but tell him thank you Wherever you are Listening or watching Watching or listening Listening or watching Watching or listening You ought to tell him thank you Tell him thank you Tell him thank you Tell him thank you yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Is there anybody here? 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 Who's not ashamed to tell him thank you? Lift your hands, open your mouth, tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Lord, wherever you are, give him five seconds of praise, five seconds of glory, five seconds of thanksgiving. Lift your hands. If you can't open your mouth, just lift your hands. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank of the church open. The invitation is extended. We can say thank you and have those actions of thanksgiving because of the relationship we have with God through Jesus Christ. He died on Calvary's cross for each and every one of us. He took our place. The Bible says he became, became sin for us. Hung, bled, and died on Calvary's cross. He was raised from the dead. Bible reminds us in Romans chapter 10 you believe in your heart confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God that he died for the sins of the world that God raised him from the dead and shall be saved if you want to give your life to the Lord on today call us here 402-455-1000, option three. Or if you know the Lord, but you need and want a church home, and a church family, call us here. 402-455-1000, option three. Someone is waiting to hear your voice right now. We extend this invitation even now.
we pray that you have accepted the Lord today, that you've given your life to him, that you've become a part of the family of faith here at the Salem Church. We pray and believe this worship experience has been a blessing to you, that you've been strengthened and sustained by the worship and the word of God. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you today for your word and for your darling son, Jesus Christ. We pray for each and every person listening, watching on today, that your blessings would flow upon them, their families, and their households. God, we would have a thanksgiving acknowledgement and thanksgiving actions. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling, present his fathers before his glory with exceeding great joy. To the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power, both now and forever. And the people of God all across this city, all across this state, all across this country, and all across the world, said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.